Good morning and welcome to Crossroads today. We're going to start our worship service with a song that you hear on the radio a good bit. It's called Open Up the Heavens. It's an introduction to the song today. And uh, so let's stand up. And if you don't get it the first time and you have to listen to it, then we're going to sing it again that you can pick it up a second time. I love the, the message of the song. I love the, the song itself. And we're excited. Tyler's going to be playing uh, the guitar for us this morning as well. So stand up and let's get going today. Open up the heavens. Father, we do thank you for today. Lord, uh, that is our prayer, that you would open up the heavens, Lord, and you let your spirit just reign in this place today. Lord, I pray that uh, we just open up our hearts uh, to receive uh, your truth today. Lord, so as we continue to worship, um, I pray that you would be honored and you'd be glorified in all that's said and done. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. You can have a seat. It's so good to see you this morning. And uh, I want you to look at the person on your right and left, give them a great big smile. All right, that's good. That loosens some of you up a little bit. Some of you look like you've been drinking castor oil this morning. 
There are worse places you could be, so it is good to see you. Uh, my name is Jack. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm honored that you have chosen to give a little bit of your time to be here with us today. We're going to have a great day of worship. If you are visiting with us uh, in the back of the chair in front of you, you might have to stretch a little bit. There's what we call a connection card. And if you would fill one of those out, we'd love to know how we can pray for you, how we can serve you, or you can kind of reach around the back of your chair if you want. There might be one right there. Uh, We would love to connect with you. Hey, tonight, don't forget tonight, we're going to have some, uh, it's getting fall. Are you you ready? I'm excited. We're going to have some s'mores and ice cream. So for those of you that don't like the cooler temperatures, you can have the s'mores. And those of you who are ready for the cooler temperatures, you can have the ice cream. If you're in the middle, you can have both. All right, that's me. I'm going to make sure I get both. So come out tonight. We're going to fellowship here in the Family Life Center. That'll be uh, this evening, so please come out for that. I want to remind you also about some things coming up. This coming Saturday, we have our trunk or treat. If you have not signed up to offer your trunk or your treat, there's still some room for you to do that. And uh, we are expecting a lot of people from our community to come out. What a great time we're going to have to uh, reach out to our community and love on some folks. So I encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, We've had a couple people reach out to me about our baptism, which is going to be on November the 8th. And through the wonderful technology of video, we'll watch it on the screen. But probably the Friday, Saturday prior, we actually will do that in the sanctuary. So if you are wanting to be baptized, if you haven't followed through in believer's baptism, if you'll reach out to me or one of the staff. I know we have a couple people already who said, I need to do that. So fantastic. We're going to be doing that and show it on November the 8th. And then back at the tables as you leave today, we need your help as a staff. You're going to see a a picture of one of my dearest friends in the world, Dr. Neelan Brown, who used to be with Focus on the Family. He's going to be here with our church uh, the weekend of November the 13th. And on that Friday the 13th, which we're going to turn into a good day instead of a superstitious day, on that Friday the 13th, we are going to be serving some area business leaders lunch that day. He's going to be speaking and sharing. He uh, formerly was the dean of business for uh, Indiana Wesleyan University. Smart guy, brilliant guy. So he's going to share some business tips with those business leaders. And also in the midst of that conversation, tell them the biggest tip, which is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you'll take one of these and if you frequent a certain business in Five Forks, dry cleaners, uh, veterinarian, restaurant, wherever, and give them one of these and say, hey, you're invited. Go sign up online. That would sure help us as a church staff. On that Saturday night, we are going to have a uh, wonderful uh, community-wide reconciliation service. And then on that morning, Sunday morning, he'll be sharing just with our own church family. So please mark your calendar for that. It's going to be a great time with Dr. Neelan Brown, all right? And if you'll pick up one of those half sheets with the rest of the announcements, I won't bore you with the rest of them. If you're on our security team, just a reminder, we're going to be meeting today right after our service. Have a quick lunch and start planning. And uh, one quick note just about that for us as a church family. We're in a different age. Some of it I'm not happy about. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, you could leave your back door unlocked and you didn't have to worry about things. But we're in a different world. And so you're going to start to see in our church some security measures in place. And I don't want you to think, well, why is that happening? You know, I've always done this. It's to protect you and ultimately to protect especially our children and uh, our young folks. So that will be coming in the next few days. So please be uh, praying about that. All right. Let's continue our worship together. Lyle's going to come sing for us. And I hope that you'll prepare your hearts to hear from the Lord this morning. Come on up, Lyle. Thank you. 
The song I'm about to sing is a secular song. And you say, why? Well, this song has been around since 1970. I was a junior in high school, fixing to move into my senior year. And every now and then you have a moment where you hear something and a ding goes off. And you say, you know what? That may be a secular song, but it applies to us as Christians. And so what I, <clears throat> I'm a little bit nervous, I'll admit that, because I've never done something like this before. But it thought occurred to me that Jesus is always there for us. And that's what this song has to do with. You and I must make a pact. We must bring salvation back. Where there is love, I'll be there. I'll reach out my hand to you. I'll have faith in all you do. Just call my name and I'll be there. Oh, I'll be there to comfort you. Build my world of dreams around you. I'm so glad that I found you. I'll be there with a the love that's strong. I'll keep be your strength. I'll keep holding on. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Let me fill your heart with joy and laughter. Togetherness, well, that's all I'm after. Whenever you need me, I'll be there. I'll be there to protect you. With an unselfish love, I'll respect you. Just call my name and I'll be there. And oh, I'll be there to comfort, build my world of dreams around you. I'm so glad that I found you. I'll be there with a love that's strong. I'll be your strength. I'll keep holding on. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. You will never find one you that will love you as I do. And so you know I'll be there. Just get on your knees, Christian. I'll be there. I'll be there. Ushers, you can make your way down at this time. Uh, if you'll join me in prayer as we, as we pray for this offering, this time of giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all you do for us, for your example of giving, um, for your love for us when we don't deserve it. God, we uh, pray that you would do a special thing through this time of offering, that you would multiply what you're given today um, so that, that your name can be proclaimed in this community and you can be made famous. And um, we're just so thankful for all you do and, and all, all, all the ways you, you provide for us and take care of us in these crazy times. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. I would much rather be singing than talking. I'm going to talk a little bit and give you a testimony about prayer and the influence it's had in my life. I was raised by parents who believed that there was nothing too big or too small that we should pray about. So I was raised in that, and they had seen through the years how God had answered prayers for them, even if they thought they were insignificant. So through my high school years especially, I prayed about who I dated, the studies I was going to be taking, um, and I had never, ever wanted to be anything else but a nurse. So when I graduated from high school, I was accepted into nursing school. And after that, I prayed about where I'd work, and I went to work. And two of the ladies that were very close to me, <clears throat> I worked in labor and delivery there for about seven years. And one of the girls, it was the daughter, they were mother and daughter, both RNs, and I had been there maybe two and a half years, and she told me, um, you have a phone call. So I went and picked up the phone and identified myself, and the first words I heard were, I'm going to kill my sister. It was John. <laughs> He um, asked me out. We were a blind date. And only God could have put the two of us together because we are total opposites. <laughs> and through the years, we've mellowed toward each other. And I'm thankful. He became the love of my life. And we've been married for 47 years. And through prayer, thank you, amen. Through prayer, God blessed us with two girls, and we prayed through their lives that they would make good choices and that they would allow God to lead them. And he sent us two young men that we claim as our sons, and we love them dearly. God did that too. And we've got two grandkids that we share with Vicki and James Maxwell, and they are the loves of our lives now. Let's fast forward to 31 years. Being an OBGYN nurse, I had preached and preached to people to have mammograms. And since this is October and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I'd like to encourage all you ladies to get your mammogram. My mother has had cancer twice. Breast cancer, I've had it once. All three tumors were found on a mammogram, and they were all in stage one when they were removed. So I'm the first person who can tell you that mammograms do save lives. So please, ladies, get those. I had had my mammogram, practicing what I preached, and I got a call to come back for an ultrasound. And when I did, they said, this thing that we're looking at, we didn't see a year ago. So we would like for you to go see a surgeon, which I did. I had a biopsy, was told it was cancer. We had to do more surgery where they took out more uh, tissue around the original tumor and nine lymph nodes. And I thought I had done real well after that surgery because all the margins were clear in the tissue they removed and all nine lymph nodes were fine. But he said, however, it's a very aggressive cancer. 
So I've called an oncologist, and I would love for you to go talk with him, but I think you need to consider having chemo, which I did not want to do. And for three days after that, I argued with God. I dared to tell him, I want you to make that oncologist tell me I don't have to have the chemo. Every, every excuse I could come up with, and I'll tell you about those later. And after the third day, and after not being able to sleep, and I was withdrawn, I didn't want to talk, I didn't feel like eating, I was running from God. I was running scared. Because it was a situation I had never been in before. And I think sometimes God lets you paint yourself into a corner so that you don't have anywhere else to go and nowhere to look but forward and right into his face. And after that third day and being so miserable and knowing that I was not in his will, I asked him to forgive me and I was too tired to fight anymore. Um, in those next few minutes, I felt loved. I felt like I walked right into Christ's embrace. I was cocooned in feelings of that he forgave me for defying him, that he loved me and he wanted to comfort me. And I kept thinking about this phrase that was used like in the week or so before this happened, if he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. And then after that, I thought about the scripture that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that night I, <clears throat> I found it, it's Deuteronomy 31.8, and it says, do not be afraid, do not, do not be discouraged. The Lord himself goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I clung to that and felt like, okay, if God is with me, I know that I'm going to be okay. So we went to the oncologist, and to make a long story short, he said because that cancer was aggressive, and even though I had none in the tissues, they wanted me to go through four rounds of chemo two weeks apart. And they told me everything to expect, which was, you know, it wasn't a pleasant experience, but I made it through. And so the excuses that I had made just sort of fell apart. One of them was that I didn't want to be tired. This was October <clears throat> when my first treatment was going to be. I had not finished my Christmas shopping. And so the four times that we went for me to have chemo, I gave John a list. And he went right across the road to Haywood Mall and finished it all for me. <laughs> Didn't want to be tired. One thing I wanted to do was to be able to sing in the Christmas music. And the Christmas music was two weeks after my last treatment. And I was able to sing in the Christmas music, which was a blessing for me that year. I also did not want to be sick, and the protocols now for nausea are so much better than they were even 10 years before that. So I was medicated and knew that I needed to take something once I got home um, every six hours. So I was never sick. That was a praise. 
And then the other thing, I didn't want to lose my hair. I hear you laughing over there. I had two hairs that stuck up right here. After the first treatment, Vicki Hart, a lot of you know her, she used to go to church here and she was a beautician. She came one afternoon and she buzzed my head and I had bought a wig and she styled it on me and I loved my wig. It was spiky and sassy and I named her Suzanne. (laughs) And I wore her, she was one of my best friends through all of this. For about six months until one May afternoon, it was beginning to get warmer, and I had a hot flash that felt like a nuclear meltdown, and I threw her off my head into the top of my closet. (laughs) There she is today. That was 16 years ago, and, you know, you can look back on your life and you can see where God has led, what paths he's put you on. you got to be tuned into him, though, to see it. And he is still faithful to this day. John's been through some uh, medical problems over the last couple of years, but he's seen us through all of that. And this other scripture that I kept telling myself is from 2 Corinthians 12.9. And it is, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, our lives are a journey of experiences, and each experience that we have grows our faith and helps us to see where God has brought us through, what he's helped us to get through And when we look back and see the path that God has us on, we can see that through our weaknesses and through our struggles, his will is perfected in us. Thank you for listening to my story today. Thank you, Jeannie. It's a time to continue our worship today. We're slowing things way down with two beautiful songs. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. And then all of our prayer should be, Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. Let the world around me fade away. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. For I desire to worship and obey. Let's stand as we sing these worship songs today.
many of you, how many of you had a bad week this week? How many? Several. How many of you said, I have an okay week this week? Some celebrated milestone birthdays, Geneva. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some are suffering. I talked with several before that family, have family members suffering. We think of, of Rodney Leonard in the hospital right now. We think of so many that are, are, are just suffering with illness. But one thing we know is God is with us. He promises that he never leave us nor forsake us. Sometimes, you know, it's like that, that, like that joke I heard one time. Said these, this young married couple, they were going down the road and the, the husband had his arm over the seat here and, and the, the wife, the new wife, was just all snuggled up, you know, driving down the road. Well, after 35, 40 years of marriage, the guy's driving down the road and the woman can't get close to the door enough, you know, like. And said he got to thinking about, um, said the, the woman looked and said, well, honey, said, you remember when we were all snuggling up going down the road? Said, yeah. And she said, well, what has changed? So he thought for a minute, he looked and he says, well, I'm not the one that moved. God is always there ready to snuggle up with us. But the problem is we move. We take our own ways. And it takes some time for us to gather back to his loving embrace. We're going to sing this chorus, Jesus, draw me close. Closer, Lord, to you. Before Jack comes and preaches this morning. I do pray. This is my prayer. And I pray that it's all of our prayers. That we will always know that God is there. That no matter what we face, we can turn to him. Let's sing this once more. Jesus, draw me close. transition to just God is so good.
question for you this morning. It's interesting how the Holy Spirit takes over and speaks to Joey while he's speaking to me and we're not even talking to each other. I don't know that you were honest when he asked you the first question about your week. Maybe you were. How many of you would say this morning, I, I need prayer. Maybe it's, maybe it's prayer that nobody even knows about. If you, if you need prayer, will you just stand up this morning? I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you just stand up? If you are seated and life is good for you right now, then I want to ask you to find somebody around you that's standing and go put your hand on their shoulder if you would. Now, if you're seated, just find somebody, reach out to them, and I want you as a congregation to spend some time praying for those people that are standing. We say we believe in prayer, do we really? Prayer is our opportunity to talk to the creator of the world and intervene and call it intercession on behalf of somebody else. So you just spend a few minutes, you can do it silently if you feel comfortable enough with that person that's beside you, and maybe you know what's going on with them that you want to pray for them, then you just, you just do that. Lynn, would you just play for us for a second? Do you mind? Let's just pray. You just pray right there where you are. If you want to pray out loud, you can. Say, will God hear all of us praying out loud? God has big ears. He can hear hundreds and thousands of people simultaneously praying, and it doesn't bother him at all. So I just want you to pray and intercede for that person that's standing, that God would meet their needs and speak to their heart. Be their comfort, however the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. family, if you want to go to multiple people, that's fine. If you get through praying for one person and the Lord moves on your heart to go pray for another person, then you feel free to make your way around the room if God leads you to do that.
once you've had somebody pray for you. If you need to sit down, that's fine. If you get tired, feel free to be seated. If you still need somebody to pray for you and you haven't had someone pray for you, feel free to kind of just raise your hand. call on you this morning, knowing that you hear and you listen, you're attentive to our cry, and you love us. We're not calling out to a God who sleeps or slumbers. You're wide awake, perhaps more awake than some of us this morning. And you desire to give us that peace that passes all understanding. The peace that Jeannie described has happened in her life through trials and affliction. Lord, on behalf of our church family, I just lift each and every person in this room up to you today. God, no doubt there are needs represented that run the gamut, that run from all kinds of spectrums. That There's no way as one of the pastors here I can even begin to know every single minute detail in every single life. But you do. You do. Because you're God. And this morning, Lord, we are reminded that your word says we can cast our every care upon you. Cares that some people may look at and go, wow, that's not really a big deal. But to you, it's a very big deal because you love us. And so, Lord, I pray that for every need that's in this place, you would, you would meet it according to your riches in Christ Jesus today. We love you. Thank you that we can call upon the name of the Lord today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Thank you, Lynn. We are going to be talking about this morning, why pray? And if you want to text your question in, uh, you can do that. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture in just a minute from the book of James. So if you want to turn in your Bible to James chapter 5, the last chapter in the book of James. Uh, Church, I hope you know, and obviously it looks like you do, we have the wonderful privilege, the wonderful gift to be able to pray for and encourage one another. I'm grateful that we have a church staff. I'm grateful to be one of those people on the church staff. But I, I, I want you to understand that those of us who are on the church staff bring no special uh, dispensation to pray for you any more than one of your friends in this room does. We all are connected to the same Jesus. We all serve the same Jesus. We all have the same Holy Spirit living within us. That doesn't mean that we as a staff don't like to pray for you. We love it. We actually feel like we've been hand, handcuffed the last several months of virus when many of you have been sick and ill and at home and in the hospital. It's like, well, what do we do? We can't go out. I, I can't describe and begin to describe the level of frustration that we as a staff have felt over these last few months. But if there's anything that we've learned, we've learned that we as the body of Christ can minister to one another. That's part of the gifts of being a, a part of a body. That's part of the gifts, as we talked about a few weeks ago, of being a part of a church. And the reason to be a part of a church. It's part of a reason to be plugged into 
uh, community and be plugged into a small group. There is no way a single pastor, a single staff person can know intimately every single detail of every single person in this place as much as we want to. If we spent every waking hour and we never slept during the week, we'd never know. That's why it's important that you're plugged into a small group and plugged into community. You say, Pastor, you sure are harping on that the last several weeks. Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm glad you've noticed. There's a reason for that. It's because that's where God wants us to minister to one another and do what the early church did. And we're going to discover this morning as we look at the book of James, James chapter 5, James chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to discover some pretty dominant characteristics of the early church. That they prayed together, they sung together, they worshiped together, they practiced what I like to call the power of community, the power of togetherness. And so I want us to look at it this morning. We're going to dive right in, but if you have a question about prayer, please text it and I will try to answer those uh, toward the end of the message. James chapter 5 verse 13. Here's what James says to us, if anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If they've sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. I love that. Pray for one another. That's what we just did. So that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens opened, and rain came down, and the earth produced its crops. This morning I want to talk about why pray. It's been interesting, even this past week, some people have asked me some some questions knowing that we were going to talk about prayer. Somebody said, well, why do I need to pray if God already knows what's going to happen? It's a great question. He's the creator of the universe. He's all-knowing. He knows what's going to happen, so why should I really pray if he knows what's going to happen? He knows the big events. He knows the small moments. He knows when we're going to face cancer and chemotherapy. He knows all those details, so why should we do that? Well... We read in Scripture, in Psalm, it says, In prayer we use our will to come into agreement with God's will. We even, Jesus even taught us to pray, let thy kingdom come. So prayer oftentimes is a way for us to align our hearts with God's heart. It's not to treat God like he's a genie in a bottle and we just ask God for whatever he wants and he gives it to us. So prayer is very important. God knows what's going to happen, but prayer oftentimes is more for us. Why do some Christians choose not to pray? Somebody asked me that question this week. I think sometimes it's fear of disappointment. Maybe sometimes it's because of irregularity. Has that ever happened to you? Ever days or weeks go by? That's happened to me, believe it or not. That's happened to, one, to the preacher. Where I get so busy doing things for God, I forget to talk with God. And so many days will go by, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, I feel guilty now praying because so many days have gone by, and I haven't actually spent time praying with God. It's interesting. I don't feel that way about food. I might miss a meal or two, but trust me, I make up for it when it's time to eat again. Sometimes we struggle to pray. Sometimes it's maybe pride in our lives. Why do we need to pray if God already knows what I'm going to say? 
That's a great one too. And David answered it in Psalm 139. He said, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit. You know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out. You discern my coming in, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. So God might know what you're going to say, but prayer is an intimate way to develop a connection with God. And James talks about this in these verses, and he gives us what I believe are some very important principles that I want to share with you this morning quickly. Here's the first one. Prayer is outward. Prayer is outward. He asked the question the very right out of the gate. I mean, he's been talking to them about grumbling and swearing and complaining, as the church is sometimes prone to do. And then he shifts the gears and he starts talking about, here's what you should be doing. You should be praying. He says, matter of fact, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone among you? When I was reading that again this week, I thought of a couple of things. Is anyone among you kind of suggest that for us to be able to pray the right way and to pray outwardly, we've got to be observant. We've got to be observant. Do you you see needs around you? Do I see needs around me? Maybe from our neighbors, maybe from our friends, people who are afflicted, people maybe who had a good week, as Joey said, maybe not a good week, maybe a bad week. Are you watching? Folks, we live in such a self-consumed world, especially right now, that sometimes we're oblivious to what's happening around us. And even as believers, we're oblivious sometimes to what's happening around us. We see the big picture things. We see politics. We see the world changing. We see violence. We see COVID. We see the big things. But, but can I suggest to you and to me to fine-tune our eyes a little bit and start to see the smaller things where God might be working behind the scenes? Because trust me, all, this thi- all these things that are going on in the world are not for naught. I know a lot of us, myself included, have just said, I'm ready to flip the calendar. Let's, let's, let's put up the Christmas tree and go ahead and celebrate 2020 and move on. Do you think God had 2020 come along just as a year of waste? Let's just throw a year in there that's a waste. No. God is up to something. He has something for you and I to see. Maybe if we would just fine-tune our eyes and our ears and listen and look outward. Prayer is outward. We've got to be aware of our, of our neighbor. Our neighbor in this place. Our neighbor in our actual neighborhood. Our neighbor at our job. Our neighbor in our community. What can we do? We've got to be thinking outward. The other thing that he says is anyone among you. He's implying something that we talked about a few weeks ago, which again is the power of community, the power of togetherness, brothers and sisters. As a matter of fact, as you keep reading, I think it's verse 16, he says, start praying for one another. The first verse, he says, pray for himself. If anyone among you is sick, let him pray. And then as you read on through this passage, you start saying, let us pray, pray for one another. What an opportunity is the other word that comes to my mind. One is we've got to be observant. The second is we have to think about the opportunity that we have to pray. Prayer is an opportunity to spend time, number one, with God. If you spent the same time with your spouse this past week that you spent with God, personally, intimately, how would that look? That would be a good thing or not such a good thing? really got to fine-tune our hearts and understand that prayer, first of all, is an opportunity to speak to 
the creator of the world, who cares about us. He cares about our every concern. And when we start to understand the heart of God, that happens through prayer. That's why we stop and we pray. I don't know if there's any other gentleman like this in here, but, but I'll just be honest. You guys know me by now. I'll shoot straight with you. For a guy, it's pretty hard. What is it about us as men that make it hard for us to cry out to God? I'm not sure, but we've got to figure it out and get over it. He's our Heavenly Father. He wants to work in our lives. We had a day of prayer here a few weeks ago for our country. You know how many people showed up? I know it was last minute. Three ladies showed up. Men, we've got to step up. We've got to understand the impact that we can have through prayer. And it's hard sometimes the way we're wired in our personality to understand we've got to cry out to God. We've got to be focused outward. We've got to pray for one another. But the other thing I see in this verse is prayer is not only outward, but prayer is inward. Prayer is inward. In verse 13, again, it says, if, if anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. In other words, it literally means, if you read the Greek, it literally means let him pray for himself. Somebody takes it in and is it okay to pray for yourself? Yes. Pray for myself a lot. <laughs> Sometimes the prayers are really short. Lord, help me. Because <laughs> that's all you know how to pray sometimes, right? But you can pray for yourself. And instead of complaining as they did, in, as the, the people that James is writing to did in these previous verses, I think it's verse 9, he's telling them, don't be complaining, brethren. Instead of complaining, he's saying, the sufferer should pray. And, and literally those verses, verse 13, where he says, if anyone is suffering, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praises. The way that's written is those actually could be flip-flopped. It could be, if anyone is suffering, let him praise. If anyone is having a good day, let him pray. The reverse should be true. So we don't just have to wait for affliction to pray. Can I be honest? Most of us in North America, that's what we do. When life is going great, the, pre the prayer meter is down here. When affliction starts, the prayer meter starts going up. It's almost like me, you know, you're driving down the road and you're in your own world and then all of a sudden you see the blue light, all of a sudden your prayer meter goes... That's not the way we should treat prayer. God wants us to really focus on ourselves, not just outwardly, but he wants us to focus on ourselves inwardly. James gives the same advice to those that are suffering as he does to those that are cheerful. Take everything to the Lord. Pray. Pray. And so prayer is inward. We've got to look inside. But he gives two kind of in interesting words that I want us to look at very quickly this morning. And he says something about being praying inwardly. And he says something about in the context of a man or woman. He says man. He says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much, much. Some translations say the fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. There's two words in that one sentence I want us to look at this morning. The first one is the idea of being fervent. It actually could say the strong prayers of a man availeth much. What does that mean? I remember when I was in high school, I went on this retreat. Me and my buddy got back, and God did this work in our life. And I remember us sitting in his driveway, and we were just praying that God would, you know, keep us from temptation and help us live pure lives and all this. And I remember him looking at me, he goes, let's pray really hard. And so I was like, okay, oh, I'm 
I mean, I, I'm not sure what it looked like to everybody else, but it was questionable, what, you know, the look on our face. And we thought, well, this is praying strong. It's praying fervently. What does that really mean? Praying fervently is putting our energy and our focus into our prayers. Here's how somebody said it. I was reading this week. They said, when a power of prayer is granted, faith should be immediately called into exercise that the blessing will be given. The spirit of prayer is the proof that the power of God is present. Much of our prayer today is not effective simply because it's not fervent. One writer said this, it's offered with a lukewarm attitude that virtually asks God to care about something that we could really care less about. Effective prayer must be fervent, not because we emotionally persuade a reluctant God, but because we must gain God's heart by being fervent for the things He is fervent for. How many of us are fervent in our prayer, or strong in our prayer? I think I've shared this story before. Growing up in Spartanburg, I had a buddy of mine who had strayed from the Lord, and I remember through high school and through college, his mom in about every worship setting would come down to the front and pray. If we said, hey, who's got a prayer request? She would stand up and mention his name and say, be praying for him. She would get in touch with the congregation through the week and say, be praying for him. Not just for one year, not for two years, not for three years, not for four years, not for five. Nine years. She was fervently, strongly persistently, there's another good word, praying for her son to come to Jesus. And I'll never forget, after I just graduated from college, I came back home. I happened to be in the service that Sunday. She's in the choir loft. I think I've shared this story with you as a church before. And all of a sudden, we're not, the choir's not even singing a song. They're not even singing a song. And she stands up in the middle of the message. And here comes her son running down the aisle to the front, to the, to the altar, to come back to Jesus. And people began to weep. And we thought, how can that be possible? Because the pastor hasn't given an invitation yet. That she, he can't do that. No, it happened because of fervent prayer. She was diligent, praying over and over and persistent. Can I just share with you, in the world in which we live, church, I, I wish I could flip a switch and I can't. I don't have that much power even in my own life. Because I sense, and our staff senses, and I know even in my own family this is the case, we are weary. Amen? Are you weary? Are you tired? Are you fatigued? The last several months, I think that's one of the weapons of the enemy is to get us tired and weary and fatigued. And I'm not just talking about physically. That's an easy weariness to get over. Physically, you go sleep. Spiritually weary and tired. I want to encourage you. Be fervent in prayer. Be persistent. Push through the physical weariness and cast your cares upon the Lord. And don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together where we can get together and pray for one another like this. It's part of the gift of the body of Christ to be able to pray for one another and be fervent. But there's another word that he uses there. He says, the effective or fervent prayer of a quote-unquote righteous Man can accomplish much. You may say, well, who is righteous? Well, that is someone who recognizes that the grounds of his or her righteousness resides in one person, and his name is Jesus. 
You ever feel like, who am I to be talking to the creator of the world about this minute need because I'm a sinner. I, I am just scum. I'm disgusting. On the one hand, that's true. But on the other hand, if you're a child of God, that's not true anymore. You have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You are holy, blameless, beyond reproach. You are a child of the one true God, the one true King. And He wants to talk to you. He wants to have a conversation with you and me. So for you to go, who am I to talk to him? He's going, you're my son, you're my daughter, hello. How many of us who have kids, if our kids wanted to talk to us and they felt that way, would shun them away? No, we'd be, going, we'd be looking at them like, what's wrong with you? You're my son, you're my daughter. You're, we're, let's have a conversation. I know when they get to be a teenager, we really want those conversations because they start to kind of go in the other direction. Our righteousness is not in of ourselves. But sometimes we do put things in our lives that block our communication to God and they do hinder our prayers. David said it this way in Psalm 66. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear my prayer. You can read in Matthew and other conversations that Jesus had when he talked about prayer and talk, gave us the model prayer of the Lord's Prayer. Things that he said to us, if, we had, if we've injured one another, there's been an act of injustice to, to someone else, and we haven't confessed that, those things can block our communication and our prayer to God. But we have to remember where our righteousness lies. And then he says this, the prayers of an effective, the pra- effective prayer of a righteous Person can accomplish much. What, what is the much? What is the much? Well, I thought about that this morning on the way to church. There is a great advantage in praying together. It's beneficial to me. It's beneficial to us as a part of the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters. We're, we're assured of who we are when we communicate to, to God that He is our Abba Father. We recognize some of the benefits I've had of prayer in my life is recognizing or being reminded that I'm not God. Kind of like what Jeannie was saying, you know, you want things to work out a certain way and God's just kind of going, well, who gave you the title God? Maybe I missed that memo. No, you're reminded that God is who He is and you're who you are. You're reminded that your strength comes from Him. The great scripture that Jeannie shared, that in my weakness... I am strong because of Him, because He works through me. I surrender my control to somebody else. Now, as, as someone who sometimes can be a control freak, that's really hard. Because things happen in our lives, and we want to be in control of them. Newsflash, newsflash. You are not in control of anything. And if you and I haven't recognized that in the last six, seven months, then God is probably going, okay, what is it going to take to get their attention? God is in control. He's in control. Not of the sound system. That's the devil when you hear it popping. Or it could be God getting your attention. I don't know. I don't know. I recognize that my trust, the more I put my trust in God, the more I communicate. Actually, it's probably this way. The more I communicate and I pray and I spend time with God, the more I trust God. Because God changes my heart. And he changes my passions and he changes my attitude. And he makes me see things the way that he sees them. So prayer is outward. We've got to be looking around us, be observant. Look for those opportunities to pray. Prayer is inward. We want to be, we want to be praying correctly. We want to have effective prayers, fervent prayers. 
prayers that avail much because of our righteousness is found in Jesus. But the last thing that I see about prayer in the scripture is prayer is upward. Prayer is upward. He says, if anyone around you needs prayer, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over you, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. He says in verse 15, the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Our focus is on the Lord. That's who we call upon. Our thoughts have to be fixed. Our dreams have to be fixed. Our grace has to be recognized as coming from the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon the name of the Lord. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. So here's our question this morning. How about you? Have you harnessed the power of prayer in your life? There are a lot of great prayers that we can pray. Maybe you found yourself here this morning. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you've been here for, since the beginning. But the first prayer, the most important prayer that God wants us to pray is that prayer of salvation. Focusing upward, calling upon the name of the Lord, realizing that we need to be inwardly changed to receive that righteousness of Christ in our lives. And if you've never called upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. So this morning, that would be the first prayer I would suggest that you pray. As a matter of fact, God doesn't hear any other prayers till you actually pray that prayer. It's at that point that you become a child and you have a, a child of God and you have a relationship with Him. For some of us this morning, maybe it is a prayer of confession. Maybe it's, wow, God, I, I need to be reminded about that righteousness that I have in you. Because there's things in my life that I have put in the way of this communication. Friends, I'll just tell you from personal experience. Anytime there are obstacles in my life with this communication. It creates obstacles in my life with this kind of communication. My prayer for our church over the last several weeks, several months, with everything that's been going on, is that God somehow, somehow, supernaturally, would continue to create within us as a congregation a sense of unity. Because the rest of the world is... Talk about disunity. Lack of communication. Lack of understanding. You say, you think that can seep into the church, Pastor Jack? Oh, yes it can. Yes it can. It does. It has. Not in our church, but in other churches. You say, what prevents that? A prayer of confession. A prayer of confession. For some of us, maybe this morning is a prayer of salvation. For some, a prayer of confession. Maybe for others this morning, it's a prayer of adoration. My heart's desire is that more of my prayers would turn into prayers of adoration than prayers of confession. Or even prayers of supplication. Supplication is good. You may have learned that as a kid. I learned that in vacation Bible school. Which is a great thing. I learned the four parts of prayer. A-C-T-S. Acts. Adoration. Confession. Thanksgiving. Supplication. And as a wee little child, just becoming a Christian, I used to spend most of my time on the S. 
Lord, I adore you. Forgive me for my, stake, for my mistakes. And I need this, and I need this. And help me with this, and help me with this. And help. Not that God's not tuning into that. He is. He is. He's your daddy. He loves you. But as I'm getting older and realizing, looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty. Looking at all the things God's done. Now my prayers are more, oh my goodness. Now my prayers are more like that song. How can I say thanks for all that you've done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave your life for me. To God be the glory, to God be the glory. Wow, we serve an amazing God and he still wants to have communion and conversation with us. Can you pray with me this morning? Let's practice that power of prayer. Lord, I pray right now. That your Holy Spirit would take control of this room and our hearts. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that's never prayed to ask you to come into their life to receive you as Jesus. They've never prayed a confession of sin and just said, yes, I've fallen short of the glory of God. I pray right now in this moment, Lord, in the quietness of this moment, they would pray that in their heart and receive you. The free gift, the free gift of salvation. Friends, as you're praying this morning, just quietly where you see it, if you know the Lord, I just want you to pray for those here today that may not know Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, that, that is the first prayer that I need to pray, and I've never prayed that prayer today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that just describes where you are today and you'd say, Jack, I, I, I need to pray that as my first prayer. I need to come to know Jesus. I need to receive Christ. Would you just slip up your hand so I could pray for you? Not going to embarrass you this morning. Amen. Anybody else? You'd just say, I just need to receive Jesus today. Never ask Christ into my life. For the rest of us, I want you to take just a moment. Maybe offer a prayer of thanks if you know the Lord. Maybe right there in your seat, you need to have a prayer of confession. Maybe for things that have happened the last week or day or this morning even. What a gift, the power of prayer. What a gift. In just a minute, we're going to stand and we'll have a... Lynn, continue to play for just a moment. And as she does, I'll be at the front. I'm going to ask my friend Heath to come join me. And, and as we stand in just a minute, if you need to do business with the Lord and you want to talk to someone, we'll be down here at the front. I know with our mask wearing, it's made it difficult, but we'll be down here and we can social distance and we can pray with you or share with you. But if you need to do business with the Lord today, I pray that there would be nothing that would prevent you from being honest with him. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for working in our lives, in our hearts. Thank you for the gift of prayer. And I pray again, if there's any here today that need to receive you, that during this time of invitation, they would respond. If there's any here that just need to be encouraged or Talk with Heath or myself, God, that in these moments they would be obedient to you. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church family. Would you please stand? And if you don't need to respond this morning, then you can just pray while you're standing. If you need to respond, Heath and I will be down here at the front. We'd love to pray with you and encourage you for a few minutes as Lynn plays for us this morning. sing the first part of that I'm not going to sing, I'm going to let you sing guys can we just throw that draw me close up there is that okay, I know Joey can lead us from the side or you can come up just that draw me close church y'all sounded beautiful, blesses my heart to hear you sing That's. I know we all have different ways that we engage in worship some of us are not too musical, some of us are music, you're going to find this interesting to know as one of the preachers here I'd be fine with about two hours of music and about five minutes of a sermon. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I love God's Word. I love it being preached. But I'm a wimp. Music gets to me. Let's sing that chorus if we can, buddy. You can smile. There we go. That's You can have a seat for just a second. I promise we're going to dismiss here in just a minute. I want to uh, 
be transparent and uh, vulnerable with you and ask you to do something as you leave. These guys don't know that I'm going to do this, but Heath and Joey, I, I want to grab a couple of chairs. And as you leave today, and if Kayla wasn't with the children, I'd get her to come up. Uh, I want you to pray for our staff. And Ashley, she's in here. She can come up too. Um, the last several months, I, I, I have, we have the greatest team on the planet as far as I'm concerned at this church. You may or may not know that because if you don't, amen. Love you guys. But I talked to other pastors around the country and we're blessed. And uh, the last several months, I'm just going to tell you, church, it's, we're tired. We've tried to come up with every creative way to connect. And I know we're slowly coming back. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, some of you need, want mask, And some of you, you know, would prefer not mask. And how do we do this so we don't run those people off and run? Telling you what, it's difficult. So what do we do? You know what we do? We center around the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's what we do. So I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your flexibility. I appreciate your love. And so in just a minute, I want to ask you to come up and we'll just pull out some chairs. And if you feel led, you want to come up and pray for them, I want to ask you to do that. And then real quick, I just want to recognize we have a couple of, we have a lot of you that are, that are guests starting next Sunday morning. If you're interested in being a part of Crossroads during the Sunday school time, small group time, we're going to be meeting uh, probably right in there in Kayla's office. Because uh, we're running out of room. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, and we're going to be talking about what it means to be a part of our church. So if you're interested, we'll start that next Sunday. And speaking of visitors, I have a couple of friends, dear friends that are here this morning. Uh, John and Marcia Moylan from the Dominican Republic. They don't look Dominican because they're not. They're American. But can you guys just stand up and turn around and wave? Would you just wave at everybody and let them see your bright, shining faces? Uh, they are home on furlough, and uh, they'll be going back, Lord willing, in January or February. Their job is they've been teaching English to our Dominican missionaries and our Dominican kids. They are awesome. They're rock stars. Uh, they're in the midst of uh, praying through funding for their next year. And so if you feel led this morning to give them a $1,000 bill or a dollar bill, they'll take either one with equal, equal generosity, then, uh, then you do that in love on them this morning, all right? Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of prayer. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us when we don't recognize that incredible gift we have to call upon the creator of the world and for your ear to be inclined and attentive to us. That is a humbling thing, so thank you for that. Thank you for these friends in this church, Lord. I thank you so much for what you're doing in our church. We recognize you are at work, and we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in this place. We know, Lord, that all of us have needs that have been represented this morning by standing, and some of us, we were standing in our heart, even if we weren't standing physically. So I pray again, Lord, on behalf of these friends that you would meet every need, and we trust you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. Don't forget our fellowship tonight. S'mores, ice cream, and the chosen movie. We'll be right back down here. 
God bless you. Have a good afternoon. If you want to come up and pray for Joey or Heath or Ashley, they're going to grab a chair.